This is your Classical Break, your daily dose of classical music. I'm Tyler Alderson, and today we'll be listening to Bach's Fourth Sonata for Violin and Keyboard. This was most likely written during Bach's time in the small city of Köthen, where he worked as the head of music for the local prince. He came to Köthen under a bit of a cloud, fresh from a tumultuous breakup with his former employer, a duke. He had worked for a long time in the duke's court, and when the music director died, Bach figured that the top job was his. Instead, it went to someone else, and Bach angrily demanded to be released from his contract. The duke wouldn't budge and went so far as to throw Bach in jail for four weeks before finally relenting and letting him go. His new employer, the Prince of anhalt Köthen, was an amateur musician and composer and seems to have appreciated his new music director more than the previous employer did. The Prince was a Calvinist, a Christian tradition that frowns on complex and ornate sacred music, so Bach's works from this time are largely secular. He wrote a lot of chamber music in particular, some of it for the prince himself to play, and it's possible that Bach had someone specific in mind to play this piece. Since he could play both the harpsichord and violin quite well, he may have played either part himself. Bach's time in Köthen also brings us to one of the most tantalizing near misses in music history. George Frederick Handel was born in the same year as Bach, in the city of Halle, only about 20 miles down the road from Köthen. And while Handel was working in London by the time Bach was working in Köthen, his parents still lived in his hometown, so he'd visit frequently. And it just so happened that Bach's work took him to Halle from time to time, including once when Handel was there. Bach tried to arrange a meeting, but Handel had left the day before, and another later attempt also ended in failure. It's worth noting that Handel was a celebrity at this point, while Bach was a well-respected but not particularly famous court composer. If Bach had been more well-known, perhaps Handel would have delayed his departure long enough for the two to meet, or if Bach had just gotten there a day or two earlier, they might have crossed paths. But as it turned out, two of the most celebrated and influential composers of their era never met each other on account of a day and a few miles. Getting back to the music, this piece is a great example of Bach's willingness to look beyond the conventions of his day. In a sonata like this, for a violin with keyboard accompaniment, the keyboard part would usually just consist of a bass line and then some chords. The keyboard player would have to fill it out, giving it the definite feel of an accompanying instrument rather than a duet partner. Bach actually wrote out the entire harpsichord part in this piece, giving it much more to do, and it even gets a few solo moments here and there. While the violin is still front and center, the two movements are on more level footing than most similar sonatas of the time period, often passing melodic material back and forth to each other. Here is Corey Cherovshek on the violin and John Gibbons on the harpsichord with Bach's fourth sonata for violin and keyboard.
You can really hear the back and forth in that last movement. And it shows Bach's expertise on both instruments to be able to write such great music for each one. Thanks to Corey Cherovchek and John Gibbons, along with the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, for putting that recording up on the web. You can check out a ton more from the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum on their website, gardnermuseum.org. Their concert series podcast is fantastic. And thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like it, please rate and review it wherever it is that you're getting it. I'm Tyler Alderson, and tomorrow for your classical break, we'll be celebrating Samuel Coleridge Taylor's birthday with his four novelettes for string orchestra. I'll see you then.